0: Grab your Bibles, if you will, and, and open back up to Exodus chapter twelve. But before I read my text, I want to remind you of a new members class this afternoon. Um, we only have four per year, and um, the third of that four of this calendar year is this afternoon. It starts at three forty-five. Uh, we'll take your picture, so look cute. And, um, and then we'll have a class that lasts about two hours and 20 minutes, something like that. There's some breaks. There's a nursery and all that business. But um, guys, n- just understand that you are not obligated to do anything after that numerous class. So if you want to come and just uh, ask your questions, this is a great forum to do it. So this afternoon, 345, uh, it's available to you. So if you're at Exodus um, chapter 12, let me read you my text, which is which is the last two verses of uh, Exodus 12. All the people of Israel did just as the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron. And on that very day, the Lord brought the people of Israel out of the land of Egypt by their hosts. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God it endures forever. Guys, um, for those of you who are relatively new around Gracie Van, um, I bet those two verses didn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, and let me try to explain a little bit. Um, you're, you're here at the tail end of a, of a series, of uh, a 14-month-long series in Exodus chapter 12. Now, no, I, I didn't preach for 14 months out of Exodus 12, but what I did do is um, here at Grace LeVan, we, we, we celebrate the Lord's Supper once a month. And so for the last 14 months, uh, what I have done is draw your attention uh, back to Exodus 12 and drawn from it uh, in preparation for this, this sacrament. So you're, you're getting the last of those, those 14 sermons, and, and, um, and I'm going to use this text one more time in September, Lord willing, and I'm going to, what I'm going to do is I'm going to stand up here and I'm going to read the, my sermon is going to be, I'm going to read Exodus 12 to you, and then I'm going to point out the comments that were made as, as we run along, and hopefully connect some of the dots for you. But guys, Exodus 12 is a very significant and important chapter in the Bible. Now, now maybe you weren't aware of that, but it's a, it's a biggie. And um, it's, um, it's the story about Israel's last night in Egypt. The story of her last night in bondage. That's in Exodus 12. Uh, Exodus 12 contains the story of the, the last of the ten plagues. Do you remember those? I mean, if, you're, if you weren't raised in the church, when I say plagues, you might know what I'm talking about. But um, you remember those plagues that Moses did in Egypt and finally got Pharaoh to... Well, Exodus 12 is the record of number ten out of those ten plagues. Uh, Exodus 12 is the story, or contains the story, of the establishment of the Passover. Passover. Well, I mean, if you know anything about Judaism, you know what a Passover is. I mean, you know that Passover is still going on and it's still celebrated worldwide in Judaism. Well, the, the institution of Passover occurred in, in Exodus chapter 12. Exodus 12 is, is the story about the death angel. Remember that? Um, Exodus 12 is the story about the death angel who passes by and passes through uh, in and around Egypt and leaving behind a, uh, a trail of dead firstborns. That's all in Exodus chapter 12. Now, um, so what, what, what I read to you this morning, just those two verses, 50 and 51, is just the last, it, it's kind of the finishing touches of this very dramatic, hugely important, very significant, redemptively pregnant Story, all of which is contained in one chapter of Scripture, Exodus chapter twelve. So maybe that'll help you out a little bit as we uh, as we as I comment briefly on on those two verses, uh, guys. It, it had been a very long night for Israel, the one described here in Exodus twelve. It was a night. It was a night that they had spent sheltered behind the shed blood of a lamb but not just any lamb you will remember it's pointed out in this chapter it was to be a special kind of lamb it was to be a lamb without blemish that night was spent by israel hiding behind the blood that had been painted on doorposts blood taken from an unblemished lamb it was a it was a night of hearing the shrieks and the screams of uh, from Egyptian homes where, um, where the death angel had come and gone. Um, and when he found no blood painted on the doorpost, what he left behind was death inside those Egyptian homes. And the, uh, the screams that came from those parents as they watched what happened in their homes. But as... Um, As soon as morning dawned, Israel, sitting on ready, left their homes on their way out of Egypt, never to return. Their slavery was over. Um, They couldn't get out of there fast enough. Everything associated with that slavery was left behind them. Um, the taskmasters and their whips. Remember that part of the story? The, um, the bricks. Uh, the, the kilns in which the bricks were baked. Um, Jeremiah, in chapter 11 uh, of his book, refers to those kilns as iron furnaces. Those were, those were left behind. There was no more brick dust under their fingernails. Um, all of those, those indications of their slavery, all of that's gone. All of that's now in the rearview mirror. They are on their way to, to a promised land. A, a whole new life awaited them. Slavery is over. I'm free. I'm on my way to, to a promised land. Oh, the excitement of being, of being set free from a life of bondage. Oh, the exuberance of, of finally having my shackles torn off and setting me free and pointing me to a, to a new life. Do you remember that day? Um, Do you remember the day that the Lord transferred you out of a kingdom of darkness and transferred you into his kingdom of light? Do do you remember the day that he set you free? Do do you remember those days when, um, when certain sins that used to excite you after the Lord had saved you, that those sins, you could not return to those sins with the same degree of enjoyment. And if you did, it left a bitter taste in your mouth and, and a smitten conscience. Do you remember those days? Do, do, you, remember, do you remember the days when, um, when your loves changed? When your priorities change, your values change, and perhaps even your schedule. Do you remember, do you remember that? Do you, do you remember those days when the Lord brought you clean out of that life and set you free? And then he, he, he pointed you to a, a promised land? Do you remember a time when life as you then knew it ceased and a whole new life opened up to you. Do you remember any of that? You don't? You don't remember any of that? Then then maybe it's because Maybe it's because you're still there. Still in bondage to sin and self. Maybe you haven't left there yet. Maybe you haven't had a gutful of that old way of life with all of its so-called excitement. Maybe you don't remember being set free Because you're not. Maybe you don't remember any of that. Because you're not yet redeemed. But ladies and gentlemen, even for us Christians, the wonder of those days when we were set free from sin and self, the the wonder of those days of our new beginning, if, if, if the wonder of all that has begun to fade in your memory... The Lord in his genius, in his messianic brilliance, has provided for us a mnemonic aid. Um, He's provided something that reminds us of the event that ultimately set us free. Um, That mnemonic aid is called a sacrament. Sacrament. And a sacrament is a symbol. And a symbol is something that points you to a reality. And this symbol, this sacrament, points you to a reality. A reality where we were ultimately set free. This sacrament points us to an event, an event that took place on a hill, and that hill of course was named Calvary, where my sinless Savior died, and where his body was broken and his blood was spilled. All so that the bonds of sin that held me might be broken. I I could be set free never to return to that bondage again because of that event that took place on that hill. That event is the thing that gave me my new life. It's, it's the event that ultimately set me free from bondage and pointed me to a whole new life. A whole new set of values. A whole new set of perspectives and, and interests. It's a, it's a place where something took place that after I understood it, it pointed me to a whole new promised land you know I can't speak for you but I for one am glad I'm glad that those days of slavery are over for me it's been over it's been about 43 years this sacrament is a reminder of what set us free ladies and gentlemen But I don't want you to miss what is said in verse 50. Verse 50 says that all the people of Israel did just as the Lord commanded um, Moses and Aaron. Now, what is it that the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron? That the people did. He commanded them. To hide. To hide behind shed blood. He commanded them to hide behind shed blood that was drawn from an unblemished lamb. Now ladies and gentlemen, I'm as wicked as anybody in this room. And so I can't command you to do anything. Anything. But I can invite you, I can invite you to come, to come hide with me, to come hide with me behind a broken body and shed blood. I can invite you to dive into that fountain that's filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And when you do, you get set free. And if Christ has made you free, we are free indeed. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I do pray that you will use this sacrament to remind us of the simple provisions of Jesus Christ for sinners. Sinners as wicked as I am sinners as wicked as anybody seated in this room and i pray that you will remind us all that that the terms of the gospel is not about who we are or what we've done that the gospel invites people who are in bondage it invites those people to come be set free by trusting in and leaning on the finished work of Jesus Christ. So, Father, as we are reminded of that via this sacrament, would you make Christ and his his finished work all the more precious to us? We ask it, of course, in Jesus' name. Amen.